Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. We're here to recap last week's game, look forward to the roster cut, and who is our surprise cut and surprise make for next week's roster cutdown. Uh, grab your Lake Monster beer and join us for a fun show. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Skull! Hello! And welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. The first time this season, by the way, that uh, we have a full crew ahead of us. Uh, we have not quite had all of us combined at one time. And so it, it, it feels good to see both of you on the screen at the same time. Uh, Ryan, I wasn't expecting you to make it on time. So how are you this evening? And I beat both of you guys here. I was surprised. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm doing great. Uh, I was just telling Dave off camera here that uh, our local high school that, you know, my kid eventually will go to, um, they put on like a community night for the, for the you know, north side of Lakeville, I guess. Uh, and cool. so um, a bunch of people are out there. All the third through eighth grade teams are out there on the field. The, um, high school kids are coaching. Um, along with the high school coaches, and they're also coaching us on how to be better coaches. Um, so it's, it's just kind of a fun little event. They had food trucks and stuff there. So me and uh, and I was just telling Dave he, he would be proud of my son. He actually uh, went up against a much bigger kid than him and was able to land a pancake on uh, on that like one on one drill. So again, I, I wasn't expecting it. It was a surprise for me, but I'm glad that he was able to gain that confidence to do that. I love it. I love it. Miles, how are you uh, tonight? Doing good. Just got the kids down for bed. Uh, yeah, doing good. The whole night's wide open for you now. Oh, super wide open. <laughs> um, Dave, mm-hmm. good evening. Good evening. This is what your your second show this week. How how are you? Well, I'm good. It's actually the third, but who's counting? Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. We have Tanishka's show now with the with the roster well, cuts. With the roster cuts, yeah. And we had some. Yesterday, yeah, we did, and and we'll get to that in in this episode. Um, did either of you watch the full game in its entirety, or or at least go back and and check it out? Because you know, I mentioned in the pre-show when when we were off air that uh, thank you, Joseph. Joseph said he's drinking some Elijah Craig. Um, I, I mentioned off air that it, it it's. It's kind of boring to watch these games because there are no starters in the like out there on the field. We did see in the first game the offensive and defensive line uh, just to kind of get some 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 snaps under their belt before the first game were out there. But for the most part, we haven't seen our star players, and that can make for a you know a lackluster uh, preseason. So, did either of you get a chance to watch the game? And if you did, did you have any takeaways? Um, I, I was there. I took the family out to the game for the preseason. Uh, so it was live. Um, so obviously I don't get the views that you guys do on the TV uh, view, but obviously, um, you know, it, it was fun. The atmosphere was fun. It was loud, which was great. Um, and, and, and watching the plays from my, you know, vantage point, you know, you could definitely get some really good looks uh, on both offense and defense, just depending on, you know, what quarter it is. Um, so yeah, it, it was a lot of fun for me and, and the family and it's an easy way to take the girls who always want to go to the games, but I can't really justify taking them to the you know regular season games, just given the, the cost of it and everything. So, um, 
But yeah, uh, and, and to your point of like boring, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they are typically a little bit more boring. Uh, but you, you pick out the players that you're rooting for, you pick out the players that you really want to see show growth, and you basically just zone in on them. So the whole game for me, it was basically zoned in on Asaboa, Booth, um, Evans, uh, Scene, like all those rookies basically, uh, and ja- uh, um, not Jackson, Ingram on the offensive side. Just all the rookies really, I was just kind of keeping an eye on. I was excited to see Mon play until I watched Mon play. Um, so that, that was another thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, watching the progression, actually, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I, I've taken a liking to uh, Tristan Jackson. Uh, watching him play, he's just always open. Like, it, it was kind of insane. I was watching him. Uh, and so I'm like, this dude's open again. This dude's open again. They, like, only looked his way one time or something like that, but um yeah it was it was fun to watch i think miles yeah go ahead miles any takeaways from you yeah i was up uh up at a cabin for the weekend uh for my mom's birthday and my my, my dad and i watched the game uh, my dad always has a comment which is great um if, you're, <laughs> if they if vikings run up to the middle he's always like we need somebody that will run to the outside so that's always his comment um but no i mean the game was really boring um it's not even the fact that the starters didn't play it was the fact that just like the backups, just especially the quarterback play was just so poor. Um, yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, there were some highlights. I mean, it was nice to see guys like, uh, like Austin Schlotman played pretty decent for a guy, you know, at, when you're in a situation where, you know, I think Garrett Bradbury is going to be the starting center. I don't really think there's anyone else that's going to supplant him at this point, but if Schlott, Schlottman can be kind of a, a decent backup, um, that's a positive. You, you want that. You want someone that can, that can get in there if, if you need him to in a pinch. Um, um, guys like uh, Patrick Jones is, has been someone I've been keeping an eye on all offseason, though, just because um, going into the season, I wasn't sure with the new shift what role he was going to play, but he looks like the third best um, edge rusher on the team. So yeah. uh, he's looked yeah. good. I, I liked um, the long arms, the physicality. You could tell he's starting to get more comfortable with that role. I said that last week as well, but um, he's someone I'm just excited to – to see uh, uh, to see progress a little bit a little bit more, and then um, you know I, I don't know some of the guys like uh, uh, it was a boring game like like uh, Ryan <laughs> mentioned though like Brian Asamoah he's he's really fun to watch I kept an eye on guys yeah. like T Y McGill who's who splashed of course right um, Janarius Robinson another guy you know try to keep an eye on see what he could do the backup tight ends. I've, I've harped on, I feel like all off season is like, Hey, can somebody step up? Can somebody, you know, do something? Zach Davidson had the worst game of his of his life. Um, got open, but the dude just couldn't catch a cold. So, um, that was unfortunate. So we'll see kind of what happens there. Um, even Wano had running, a couple really, of good plays. Yeah. Like, like, you know, yeah, yeah, like he it did. Was, he did. good to see some of that stuff. But like no, none of the running backs really did much. I think. I mean, I'm not. That's not not a negative toward them, but nobody really did anything. Um, Tristan Jackson, your point, Ryan. I thought I thought he's looked good um, for a while, um, and I still think BC Johnson. Um, I'll, I'll keep saying it, but I think he just looks better. He looks more smooth than I even think he did last year or like be, before his injury. So um, I th- I just think he's a guy that's popped. Um, you know when he has played. So I'm I'm kind of um, excited to see him bounce back a little bit and. Um, those young receivers, I kind of wish, you know, guys like Jalen Naylor had gotten a little bit more of an opportunity. Myron Mitchell, those guys didn't really seem to um, see much opportunity, but till late, which is a little unfortunate. But 
yeah. Probably a little bit more difficult for the wide receivers to really do much with, with the poor quarterback play, but I, I do, I do definitely agree. Um, I don't know if you guys saw my post uh, last night, but I was watching a Caleb Evans uh, in, in his tape because I feel like he's obviously a fan favorite or at least on, on Vikings Twitter he is. Um, and so I just wanted to see kind of how he was playing. And I don't know, I, I was pretty impressed uh, just, just kind of watching his reps. Um, I thought fundamentally he, 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 plays, he plays really well. You can see like the skill is definitely there. Um, there's obviously some lapses and, uh, decision-making and, and, you know, his open field tackling was, was not the best on, uh, Saturday night's game, but I really do think he has a, a lot of skills that, that could potentially help this team. Um, I have no doubt that he will make the team, um, probably as the fifth or sixth corner, um, maybe behind Chris Boyd. I, I still think there's a spot here for, for Chris Boyd. Um, but Ryan, I am a little bit surprised that you didn't go on a longer tangent about your guy, Brian Asamoah, because everywhere I looked on Saturday and Sunday, that's the only name I saw when it came to the Vikings. Uh, people were enamored with his play and in, he was kind of feeding off it too. Like you could see, I, I forget the play exactly, but he got somebody in the backfield, um, and he's like dog crawling and just hyping himself up and the whole team's just, and he's got some crazy speed to him. It looks like, and some bursts. So I don't know if you, if you want to talk about him quick, man, not that I don't think yeah. anyone wrote him off necessarily, but you can definitely, I think say you're almost right. I'll give you yeah. that. That Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think people are super excited about the pick just because, you know, we have Eric Kendricks. We just had signed Jordan Hicks. Uh, we had a third round uh, linebacker in Chad Surratt from last year. Um, Troy Dye, people are still clamoring for with you know his skill set, and and then uh, Blake Lynch. So I don't know if it, they most fans really necessarily felt there was a need, um, but yeah, I mean it, uh, he's doing a lot of what he did at Oklahoma, right? It's it's a lot of just see it and go. Actually, in my opinion, he's actually learning a little bit, which is actually nice because in at Oklahoma it was literally what you kind of saw in game one, right? He sees it, he just bolts. And sometimes you overrun a play or sometimes you, you the, the lack of patience hurts you. Um, and, and, and you can see that little bit more patience this time. Now, I almost want to say he was a little too patient at times watching the game this time where I'm like, ooh, if you would have just went in there, that's a tackle for loss rather than, a, than a, like a, a zero game, right? Um, or if you... Video of him just kind of like standing there for a second. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. So, and, and that's good for him to do, I think, to process because, and then he can, you know, kind of really diagnose where he needs to be. But uh, at, it almost looks like he's playing slow. But, and then, you know, like you put in that clip that I think you posted today or maybe yesterday, um, he's, so, he's so quick that he can just mm-hmm. shoot that gap real quick and still avoid the, the block. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and just paint all rainbows and sunshine with him. I mean, he, he's still a wow. smaller guy. He's going to he's going to get eaten up by some bigger blockers, um, and and he's got to learn how to disengage and, and and make the tackle or take on that blocker and open up space for you know his counterpart to come in and, and make the play. So um, and, and not play too much hero ball that he really did have to play at Oklahoma. So, but yeah, I mean, I think he's doing great. Um, I, he's 
about as as expected as I thought. You know, when we drafted him on draft night, I'm pretty sure I even said he's going to be a you know probably a good special teamer for us. He's going to probably be our first linebacker off the bench, and probably by midseason he might be able to overtake Hicks. Hicks played really well in the limited action we've seen, so that might not happen. But we have a linebacker of the future on the squad now, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree. I I came away pretty impressed and. I thought of you on, on Saturday when I when I saw his name circulating. So um, some moves happened earlier this week uh, with some some roster cuts initially, and someone mentioned in, in the the chat here. So I'm, I'm going to toss this one to Miles. But uh, Harrison Hand, I know this isn't the the roster move that we're we're going to continue to talk about, but Harrison Hand was cut. Uh, Miles, any thoughts on you know him being let go? I think was this his second year. Or is he on his third? Going into year three. Yeah, so so pretty, I mean, if you don't have it, you don't have it. But I, I think I was a little bit surprised to see him go, at least in this yeah, I mean, he, Yeah, I mean, I think Hand had, had struggled to kind of find his footing with the old regime um, in two years. I'm not, not to say he, he was bad, but like, you know, as a fifth-round pick, a guy that, I think they had, they had hoped to see maybe be a little bit more of a nickel corner. Um, he didn't really do much, and he had some COVID issues last year. I think he got COVID like three times in the season last year. Like, I'm not saying that that played a part in him getting cut now, but like not being able to be on the field is a is a big problem, especially for a guy just trying to develop. And so, um, yeah. he he had some decent flashes. I think during the two preseason games he did play this year, though. Um, but um, I think they just did it as a, a courtesy to him. They knew he wasn't going to make the roster. I think they have their ideal um, like cornerback situation, you know, worked out. And so just to kind of give him opportunity before um, final cuts in the last preseason game, he got claimed by the giants. So um, I think that just says that goes to show that like teams around the league probably have a little bit of a, an opinion on him, which is a good thing. Um, and so we'll see if he catches on, but uh, I can't say it's like a huge surprise. I think maybe I was surprised he got cut now instead of the final 53, but again, I think that's just the coaches and, and front office doing him a little, a little bit of a favor. Well, since I since I gave you the the Harrison Hand question, I will uh, let you start off on the the Nick Mullins trade and whether or not that spells the end for. I, I think it clearly spe- spells the end for Sean Mannion, but I will be curious to, to get your thoughts on whether or not you think Kellen Mond will also be on the outs uh, with this trade, or potentially yeah, either. So- yeah, well, to start, technically, the Vikings could cut Nick Mullins and not have to pay a seventh-round pick for him before the season starts. Like, they could technically do that. Uh, again, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they make a move like this, even a low-level move like this, to not keep Nick Mullins around because he offers a little bit more than uh, Sean Mannion does. Um, I'm not saying it's, like, significantly more, but there's more. Nick Mullins offers more than, than Sean Mannion at this point. And so I think... Um, it does spell it will likely spell the end for Sean Mannion, but I do think the coaches are are being honest when they say that they're going to give Mannion another shot and see if you know with Mullins coming in for the last week, week and a half, two weeks, you know, before cuts, or what is it like a week? Um, a week, yeah. They're, they they want to see what what you know all three of the guys have going into the last one. I think I still think Mannion even now might have a slight edge over Kellen Mond, but I say that as an edge for like the preseason. Because I, I, to your point, Matt, I don't see them cutting Kellen Mond. I still think they, 
like most teams want to have a developmental quarterback on their roster. Yes, mm-hmm. ideally, if you could put them on the practice squad, you'd do that. Um, but I think the hard part would be squeezing Mond onto a practice squad. I'm not saying Mond is some worldly quarterback that you know you, you you know can't get on the practice squad. But I think there's at least a couple of bad teams around the league that might even want to consider putting him on their 53 just to get him in the building because there is potential yeah. there. I'm not. I I I think we've kind of seen what what Mond's going to be in his his career. Um, but there's still a chance that he could be a backup quarterback. And so um, I think the, the best, the Vikings' best bet would be to keep Mullins, get rid of Mannion, and, and let Mon just continue to develop and learn, um, especially under a new regime. You know, uh, you know he's, he's got new coaches. He's got new opportunity. And he's not the type right now you want to put him on the field in any sort of regular season game. So I just don't see the point in cutting him. I think it would just be kind of a waste. You want to see if you could develop him even. And then in the offseason – if he's someone that you just don't don't see much of from the rest of the year or even during the season, then then get rid of him. But I think give him another year, see how he does, and, and see, see how he can progress and grow with, under new coaching staff. Yeah, but do you value keeping him on the roster on the 53 more than <clears throat> releasing him, opening up a spot for another position, whoever, our fourth or fifth running back or whatever it is? Versus, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Versus taking that chance that he does get picked up by somebody else, but there's also 886 people being released next Tuesday that the Vikings can't go out and find somebody that's in, you know, roughly equivalent to Mond and bring in as a developmental quarterback that they can throw on the practice squad. You gain a you gain a player spot on the 53, and you're risking losing Mon, but we're sure you could find somebody else to replace him on the practice squad. Well, so I don't, I don't think you need to try to find. I, I don't think Mon's being on the fifty-three impacts anything from the rest of the roster. We've seen other teams, the Vikings specifically, carry three quarterbacks and not really have an impact on who that fifty-second person is that they'd be taking fifty-third person. You know, that, that player is more of like a special teams type third string type player anyway. So I don't really see much value there. And if you had to, you could go find another player like that down the later in the season if you needed to find someone to come come pick that up. Those types of players are easier to find to me than a developmental quarterback like Kelamon. But to that other part of that, Dave, you still have Mond under team control for three more years. So if you keep him on the 53, at least through this year, at least see what you have, and then you have next you know, next offseason, next training camp to see if there's any true progression there. And then if you want to cut him then, do it. But at least it, like if he if he wants to grow into a into a backup quarterback and, and be good enough to be a backup even a backup quarterback, you have him very cheap for the next three years. Well, I'd say two because this one clearly he's not he's not ready for that. But yeah, two more years as a backup quarterback with you know being really cheap. So I just don't really see the the value in cutting him and I don't think he'd come back to the practice squad here. I think he'd go somewhere else if it got to that point. If I was him, I'd do the same thing. I'd rather go somewhere else, see what someone else has to offer. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I just I just don't see the value in cutting him right now. It just doesn't seem like some you'd bring in somebody else that has any more upside than than he does. Yeah, and I, I think that there's enough quarterback-hungry teams out there because the depth is not great across the league that somebody would stash him on, on their roster. I don't think he's going to be a practice squad type quarterback, at least for this season, um, if we did turn around and cut him. 
But let's talk about the guy they did bring in, um, Nick Mullins from the Raiders. Miles mentioned it, that uh, it's a conditional seventh-round draft pick that the Vikings would have to get up, and that's only if he's active for one game. Um, so really, I mean, they could technically keep him and just not ever activate him, uh, and then they essentially got him for nothing. But with that being said, Ryan, I know we were on the, the – the same wavelength a little bit when we were talking about Nick Mullins. I, I don't think he's a, a pro bowl caliber quarterback by any means. Um, but tell everybody kind of what you think about Nick Mullins and, and what he could provide as a potential backup to Kirk cousins. I mean, I, I could have swore you must've just looked at my tweet and just decided to tweet, just change a couple words and, and, and send that out. I'm joking, but it, it was, eerily, it was very eerily similar and I'm glad we are on the same wavelength. Here. <laughs> so I think Nick Mullins is the type of backup quarterback that most of the fans have wanted for the last couple of years, not just this year, but for the last couple of years when we've had Sean Mannion at quarterback and knowing all too well that Mannion couldn't step into a game and, and hold down the fort for a game or two. And, and Nick Mullins has proven that he can do that. Um, I think, uh, I, I don't know what his win percentage is or anything because I didn't do a ton of research before tonight uh, about him, but I do know that I've seen him win games. Five, five wins, I think, in 17 games played, but I think he's only started 12. So, five, like and, uh, so five wins out of 12, so five and seven, roughly. I, yeah. Something like that, yeah. And so, so, yeah. over 4,800 yards thrown in those 17 games. Yes. Yeah, so so what you're getting out of Nick Mullins is actually going to be very dissimilar to Kirk Cousins uh, in terms of game style. Um, if, if anything, you're going to want to liken him to a, a Case Keenum, which is a fan favorite here in Minnesota. Um, he, he's going to give you a lot of uh, you know memories of Case Keenum because he's more of a gunslinger type who's going to step back into that pocket He's less mobile than Case Keenum is, but he still can move around a bit. But he's going to take risks. He's going to give his receivers opportunities. And that's why when you look up his raw stats, you're going to see a lot of turnovers. Um, but that's okay because out of your backup quarterback, you want you, like you basically have to like give it a try. You know what I mean? Like Because you're probably not going to be able to outwit an, a, a better starting quarterback than what you are. So you're going to have to take risks, and sometimes those risks pay off, and sometimes they don't. As Dave mentioned, he is well, – I, I think he was, like, what, top three or one of the top three, like, most passing yards in your first however many starts it was. I can't remember. Um, and, and, and he can, he can sling the ball, uh, and he's going to take risks, but that's going to come with some turnovers, which is going to make fans upset. But that's what you're getting out of a backup quarterback, and he's one that can come in there, be serviceable for a game or two, uh, maybe three. He's not going to – if Kirk's out for an extended period of time, he's not going to lead us to the playoffs. He's not going to turn in this Case Keenum wonder – I mean, maybe, but Case Keenum rode the back, uh, the coattails of a really awesome defense. And, and, and again, and we just had a lot of luck, I think, that year. Um, and, great and receivers. Had, great receivers, which we still have, but, you know – that negative regression reared its ugly head uh, in the NFC Championship game. I guess I'll just say that. Uh, and even against the Saints uh, when he threw that awful pick, that kick-started their comeback, right? So um, so th- that's what you're getting out of this quarterback. I think you're going to be excited that you don't, you're don't you not trotting Sean Mannion out there, but we, this isn't a backup quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. And, and I know what Patrick Mahomes is now, right? But like, <laughs> 
back when you didn't know what Patrick Mahomes exactly was. This isn't Alex Smith going down and Patrick Mahomes coming in and being able to lead a team or Joe Flacco going down and Lamar Jackson coming in leading a team, right? Like this isn't going to be well, this like, potential player, but he's going to be like the typical backup quarterback that you see that is lifelong backup quarterbacks like your Chase Daniels and, and whatnot. Like in my opinion, higher caliber, in my opinion, uh, I think he's probably a top five backup in the league, but um, th- that's what Ooh, you're doing. Who right is Nick Mullins? Mullins? Nick Mullins. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of great backups in this league, in my opinion. Dude, Teddy Bridgewater. No, no, Teddy Bridgewater. So if Nick Mullins was that good of a backup quarterback, he wouldn't have been cut by the last two teams he played for and then obviously traded by the, the, the Raiders. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying Nick Mullins. Like, I, I think Nick Mullins is as good as an option as you're going to get, but he's not better than a Teddy Bridgewater or Tyrod Taylor. Like, mm-hmm. there are, there are uh, Gardner Minshew. Like, there are plenty of quarterback. Like, this is the thing that – this is where the Vikings are at, though, is you either draft your backup quarterback because they're cheap. When you have <laughs> – let me start. When you, have, when you have an expensive starting quarterback, you either, you either have to draft a cheap backup or you have to pay – you have to get a, a you know pay a pretty cheap price for a backup quarterback, which the Vikings have had to do outside of Trevor Simeon, where they traded a fifth round pick and he cost you know a couple million dollars back in twenty eighteen um, and twenty nineteen. I think he came back too, but um, and then then it's been Sean Mannion since. Like you're going to have to go the cheap route because you don't have the funds to pay for expensive backups and have that quality and. Nick Mullins, again, I don't think Nick Mullins – and Case Keenum, obviously, too, is is in that same tier as, like, a Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, all those guys. But, like, um, Jacoby Brissett's probably right in that range as well. But you, you don't have, like, the resources to improve. But, like, Nick Mullins, for what, for what I, you're I, getting – I, I think Teddy. Nick Mullins is fine. Not, I wouldn't get a Teddy or a Tyrod, but, like, I'd put him right up in there with Jacoby Brissett. Shoot, I, like, I – in my opinion, and and again, because obviously the, he got he got let go uh, from the Raiders because there's established chemistry with Jarrett Stidham and 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 Josh McDaniels, right? Like I don't think that he's significantly worse than uh, Jarrett Stidham, uh, and they just weren't going to carry those three guys because those like Stidham's young, so you don't need to necessarily have another third guy behind him. Um, I, I think Nick Bolins can hold his weight against even like a Geno Smith. I I, I really do. I really do. I mean, and, and this is me saying that, like, I do think highly of, of Nick Mullins just in the fact that he has traits you can't teach, right? Like, he's one of those players that he's got this undying confidence in his ability. He doesn't seem to be phased when he throws interceptions. Um, he's got the improvisation, like, factor that a lot of quarterbacks sometimes don't have, but top five ryan i mean miles is listed off six seven eight uh, i might have been you would have ahead of them well think of it this way uh, uh a good backup overzealous but like I, I i think he's a top he's a top half backup in my opinion top half for sure i, I might have got a little overzealous there but, a decent but still i can't like, <laughs> a decent ahead, backup makes five to ten million a year We've got Mullins for 1.4. For the value, he's outstanding. Well, we'll see. 
Well, one point four is next to nothing. I mean, that's basically what we're paying the other. And 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 what I and what I say, like the top half backup. I'm not saying I take him over a bunch of those, but I just think that the skill level. Because again, when you look at like that, some of the backup quarterbacks um, out there, they're going to be the young guys, right? Like Malik Willis. Of course, I'm going to take him over um, Nick Mullins, uh, Desmond Ritter. He might actually win that starting job, and Mariota might be the backup. But like, obviously, I'm going to take a guy like that over. Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley, yes, you're right. Tyler Huntley, for sure. So, I mean, yes, obviously there's better guys. I got a little overzealous with that. But, like, he is going I, – I think he's a, a now, very right. solid, stable uh, backup quarterback that I would feel very comfortable if Kirk tweaked an ankle and had to play two games, right? I'd feel listen, very comfortable, listen. which I never yeah. did before. Listen, I think Nick Mullins is a, is a fine backup. Like, he's one of those guys oh, – oh, cool, Nick Mullins is our backup quarterback. I don't really think much of it because – I honestly haven't thought much of our backup quarterbacks the last few years, um, but I just don't. I, I don't. I can't get on the same page with you, Ryan, just because I think if he was that much better as a backup quarterback, the value would be higher, and I think he wouldn't be bouncing around a little bit. But again, I'm fine. The, the move's a good move. Like the Vikings needed to make a move at the backup quarterback position over Sean Mannion, over Kellen Mond. They needed to do something. Nick Mullins was very cheap both in cap and his expected, you know, trade value. So like you, for what they spent to get a guy like Nick Mullins, very good move because he might not come. He might not have come to Minnesota if he'd got cut and now you get him, you get him a couple weeks earlier. And, yeah. but I, again, I just, I just, I just don't think, I think if he was that good, they would have come in and been like, Oh yeah, he's our backup quarterback. Boom. And I think that's going to happen anyways. But I just think there'd be more. They had a plethora, notions. man. They had Jared Stidham. Like I mean, I, no, no, no. I'm just saying in general. I'm saying even the Vikings oh. when they traded for him, I think yeah, there'd yeah, be yeah, there'd yeah. be like more definitive, like, um, talk about him as like the backup quarterback. Again, I, I think what they're doing right now is just being nice. But I just think, yeah, yeah, it's not a big deal. I like Nick Mullins too. Maybe, I'm maybe, as high as you guys maybe I took into too much of his 49ers tape of. Just a gunslinger <laughs> mentality. I, I like players like that. So maybe I just no, like. I'm with you. I would rather. I'd rather have that as a backup quarterback than having you know very vanilla someone that's not really really willing to risk throws as a backup it, quarterback. So I, I like this style for sure. Before we move on to to the rest of the uh, agenda or whatever, I, if we had Nick Mullins last season heading into Lambo, would you have given the Vikings a shot? Because I think everyone wrote us off with with Sean Mannion in there. I mean, wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say we I wouldn't say we had a shot just because that team was too good. But like okay. if, like I said, if if you're I, I if we were playing the Lions and Sean Mannion was the quarterback, I would say we didn't have a shot. Where with Nick Mullins, I would say we we'd have a chance, right? Like we Lions lost. Last we year. lost to the Lions. We I know we did. I year. know. I'm just saying. Like like obviously <laughs> we, we had no chance against chance. the Packers. You know, we we, no, we no. barely have a chance against the Packers with Kirk Cousins, so of course we weren't going right, to have a right. chance with them again with McMullins. No, the Vikings, the Vikings weren't winning that game. The Vikings weren't winning that game with anybody but Kirk, and I don't think they're winning that game with Kirk. Just the way the team was trending, that was for the end of the year. Uh, you know, things just hadn't. You could just kind of feel it, and then Kirk goes out. I don't think Nick Mullins has changed anything of how the Packers defense was killing would have killed him in that game. Fair enough. Fair enough. I had to ask so. Um, just want to give a shout out to everybody that's in the chat here tonight. Uh, appreciate the comments. We're getting a lot of roster questions, which rightfully so the topic of this show tonight is roster cut predictions 
as we head into the final preseason game. Um, so I kind of want to check in with you guys and see. I, I, I was I was t- talking to you a little bit before the show. Um, I feel like this roster cut down is going to be fairly easy of a decision, um, especially on the offensive side. I don't. There's there's conversations about maybe four running backs. Uh, Miles alluded to the fact that maybe you keep three quarterbacks. Um, I think a lot of the conversation comes on the defensive line, but let's have fun with it, right? It's roster prediction. The games haven't started yet. It's it's fun to speculate. So are there any surprise cuts that you guys are thinking of? And I'll toss to you first, Ryan. Um, any surprise cuts or surprise makes coming next week? Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is relatively straightforward, and we always say this, I feel like, and then every year there is at least one big surprise or one just like, whoa. Um, not so much a specific player, but can you just fathom the fact that there is there is a legitimate chance that three of our four third-round picks from last year are not on this team this year? Like, there's a legitimate chance. Like, Patrick Jones is a lock. He's going to be a lock for sure. But there's, I, I don't think there's a path uh, outside a practice squad for um, Davis. Why Davis? Yep. Chaz Surratt has Chaz Surratt pl- had a couple decent plays uh, last game, but overall he's looked quite poor. But there's a chance he makes it over uh, Blake Lynch. But I think Dai, Asamoah, Kendricks, and Hicks are locks. So it's whether they want to keep an additional linebacker or not. I don't know. And then Mond, as we've alluded to in, in the chat earlier. And I, I, I was going to bring this up earlier, but we diverted over the, to, to Mullins. Mond actually looked decent on that first drive until the pick. And then that pick derailed him. Like, that, th- that's where I'm concerned is that mental toughness. Like, as soon as he threw because that drive was humming. He was making good throws, making good decisions, good pocket presence. Everything was going well, and then he underthrew that ball and done. And the rest of the he, – I think he didn't even get it. He got one more drive. It wasn't a good one. And then and he I came in in the fourth quarter. To, not to cut him, right? right. Yeah, Maybe yeah because there, there is something yeah. there. I Both of those throws that he had interceptions on, he didn't use his legs at all. Like literally, it was all arm. Just an all-arm throw, and obviously he underthrew both of those. But um, So, I mean, there's a chance he gets cut or tried to get stashed on a practice squad. There's a chance. I, I don't think that happens. But even go, shooting 50% for four third-round picks in a year from a year ago, that's awful. That's awful. <laughs> so th- th- well, I, that's something I'm interested in. And that, that might be a reason why he's no longer employed. And then going on podcasts or whatever he's doing and saying that he regrets cutting Daniel Carlson, like, obviously. <laughs> like, obviously. Uh, but, yeah. Um, you know, Zach Davidson was making some noise early in camp, but he might have sealed his deal with that drop pass for Mannion where he probably could have housed it um, had he caught that ball or at least gotten a huge gain. Um, I don't know of anything big surprise. You know what? Here's a surprise. And you can I don't be out, think you they, can on a limb. I don't think they're going to do it, but I wouldn't. Don't be, don't. What? Who, who, who have one. Say? I have I have one that I want to say, and you haven't said it. Right, Let Miles, Miles. You, you you go ahead, and we'll see if we have the same guy. I agree. I think what you're going to say, we're probably on the same page here. I don't think it's going to happen either. But Oli Udo is the name I was thinking. Oh, that no, who again, 
I don't I don't think he's going to get cut, but I don't think he's played very well. And I think Blake Brandle has done a better job, even just rotating in different positions: right guard, mm-hmm. right tackle, um, left tackle. I think he's played better than Oliudo has last, you know, at least this preseason that I've seen. And so again, I'm not saying he gets cut, but if that would be like one of that, I was like, oh, okay, that one would, you know, take me back a little bit just because of what we've seen from Udo. As like a, at one point last year, people are saying, could this guy be a, a long term starter? Did we finally fix the right guard? Like, or even swing yeah. tackle? Like, there was a lot said about Ula Udo last year, but like, but yeah. So that was just one name I had that, and that and that's interesting because you're right. That easily could that would be a surprise, I think, to most fans, right? But you have Blake Brandle can play both sides. And then even if, if you keep Jesse Davis, he has right tackle experience. So right. like you have somebody that can fill in if we needed both tackle spots taken care of. So that's I who I was going to say. Offensive who, offensive line film for the last two weeks just to see <laughs> what he's calling out here with Ole Udo and, and Blake Brandle. Yeah. Brandle has played better than Udo. Yeah. Uh, who I was going to say, and again, I think it would come as a big surprise, and this is why I don't really think it's going to happen, but C.J. Ham, like you're paying a lot of money for a fullback that I know can flex out the tight end. Hmm? Isn't he listed as a captain? Maybe. I have no idea. But continue. So he came out on one of the preseason games as a captain. And again, and this isn't me saying I want CJ Ham gone. This isn't me saying I think it's even going to happen. But if we're going out on a limb saying a surprise cut, I, I mm-hmm. don't think it's going to happen. But you're paying, I, I don't know, like two and a half or something like that mil for a, a fullback, which again, I think they're trying to incorporate concepts for him to be effective in, in the work that he's doing, uh, which I'm sure, again, he's been very good player for us, I think, uh, from that position. Um, so I don't want it to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but if I had to say there would be like, like one that could happen and we're all just like, Oh, I think that probably be it. Let's talk through that one, Ryan, because real quick, Matt, let's talk through that one because it's then an I interesting thought, but I think, I think the only issue there is if the backup tight ends were better, you sure. might, you might convince me that, that it could be a possibility, but the backup tight ends are trash and TJ Ham can help cover a little bit of both. So, like, instead of having uh, two tight ends or even one tight end on the field, you could have TJ Ham play in like a flex role, you know, play, you know, like a, a H an H back type role, um, a little bit where he motions and 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 does some of those those things and stays in line. Um, where instead of having a, a tight end on the field at times, so mm-hmm. um, I just I, think I, he's, agree. I think they're gonna, yeah, I'm, I and I agree with you too. Like the idea is, is would be like holy shit, right? But but yeah, if the backup tight ends were better, it would. I think it'd be a, like there'd be a, a potential claim, and I could see like a team like the Browns trying to trade for for CJ Ham, right? Um, no, I, I think that, I think that's a good point, and that's and that's what I want to do here. I want to I want to speculate big time uh, and, and make some reaches. So I went a couple different ways on on potentials. I think. One of the easiest ones that fans are going to go to, and it's just I think it's more wishful thinking than anything, is Garrett Bradbury. But I think with with last week's preseason inactive list, I mean it was every starter. Like this, whether or not you like Garrett Bradbury, he is going to be the starting center week one. Um, and I would bet, at least barring an injury or just absolutely horrendous start to the season, he'll probably continue to be that guy. But it's not necessarily a cut that I have here, 
for for this this person that I'm going to bring up, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings traded Alexander Madison, given what we've seen from uh, Kenne and Ty uh, in in this preseason. Now I know last game they didn't play super well, um, but Madison is not coming back to this team after this year, and I don't know what you could theoretically fetch for a guy like him, but he's proven that he can play in this league. And there are teams around the league who, who need running backs still. So it would not surprise me to see Madison off this team next week um, with a trade, not necessarily a cut. I don't, they would not outright cut him, uh, but definitely, definitely a trade. And you'd assume that probably would happen like this week, right? So they have time to acclimate to the new offense and whatnot, but yeah, I mean, it's logically, yes, it makes sense. Do I think it happens? Probably not. But um, I, I would do it if I was a GM and I had a team that was interested. But there's also players getting cut that are not awful running backs, like Kenyon Drake just got cut this week. And I don't know what he has left in the tank or what have you, but like he's he's been a serviceable, if not even good running back in this league at, at points in time in his career. So um, Miles Gaskin is another guy who likely is on the chopping block and, and could be traded. So, I mean, there's only so many needs at the running back position um, across the league, and and there's quite a few, what, I think, options out there. What would be the threshold for you guys to move Madison? Like, what would you need back? I don't really need much, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you know, knowing yeah. he won't be here next year, are you, would you move him for a fifth? Like, if if you woke up and saw oh, that the yes. Vikings moved him for a fifth, would you take him? I'd be fine with the sixth. Six, then you'd be fine with yeah. the six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my thing with with Madison is I I don't expect them to trade him, but I do think if an injury happened, let's say let's say we get to we get to the trade deadline during the season, and the Vikings are you know kind of out of it, you know things aren't going as well as you'd hope. I could definitely see that situation happening where they move an Alexander Madison for a, a late round pick um, just because they want to get the young guys an opportunity. But I think the difference between the, this Kevin O'Connell run Vikings is like, I know we want to make it look like Sean McVay and what, what Sean McVay does. We're the Vikings are still very much similar, a very similar offense to what we've seen the last few years. Yes. We have a different play caller. Yes. It's an offensive centric team, but it's very similar. So they, they like to have more multiple running backs. I think Madison is a better backup running back than most in the league. So I think there's value to an Alexander Madison for them, um, especially since Dalvin Cook struggled to stay healthy at times and, and those things. And it's not that Kenny Nwangu and Tai Chandler can't step in and be those guys, but I just don't – I think the, the, they view those guys long-term. I don't mm-hmm. think they want to just move – I don't think they just move an Alexander Madison because I don't think those two guys are so good right now that – it makes Alexander Madison like dispense dispensable, but at the same time, I'm I'm of the light like if you can get value for him, trade him. But I just don't see it. I don't expect it to happen. Right. So so just before we get to the to, to what what players have to do this week to to make the team, if there's any players that can still make an impact, um, do you think the Vikings carry four running backs then? Five, if you include him, yeah. Yeah, I think it's very possible. So this is this is where the numbers are going to get difficult, and this is why, like Miles, 
suggestion of potentially an Oli Udo might get cut or, or something like that, right? Is that you have four running backs and a, and a fullback, so five running backs total. And then you also have this competition at receiver where, yeah, you know, you, you have what, three, four locks probably, right? In, in, in uh, Justin Jefferson, Thielen, uh, Osborne, uh, ISM, and then likely BC, like BC's played well. And then you have that sixth spot. Is that going to Tristan Jackson and Meyer Mitchell, Jalen Naylor? Are you comfortable putting Naylor on the practice squad, or uh, or are you worried about him getting cut? So there's been talk about maybe carrying seven or having you know you don't want to cut a Tristan Jackson when he's playing well or a Meyer Mitchell when he's playing well. So it's like do you try to stash him on the practice squad because there are a lot of guys in the league that can play receiver. Um, so do they carry seven? Well, then what does that do to the numbers? Because Typically, in in a team, you're going to carry three quarterbacks potentially, and then that means that you're at three running backs and six receivers. So, where where do we give right? And and that's going to be the hard part for this team to decide over the next you know week week plus or not even week plus. I think it's Tuesday's the cut down day. So the, over the next week, you're going to have to really see somebody either separate themselves enough to say we're you know we're done. Or, um, or we're going to have to make some tough decisions on like the O-line or D-line and go a little light there. So you, you kind of mentioned some guys, in, at least in the wide receiver room, um, that you like, Tristan Jackson being one of those. Um, are there any other players that you feel their performance this weekend uh, – could play a factor in whether or not they they make the team. Like how many spots, I guess, do you think are truly available to be had this weekend? Or is it pretty much made up? Punt returns. Miles is shaking his head. No, maybe, maybe the fourth safety, maybe the fourth safety could be it. Um, You think they hold? Metellus balled out last game. I I was calling to bring in Jamar to Jamar Johnson from that, who got cut from the Broncos. I was calling to bring him in, but I thought I thought uh, Metellus actually played well last week, so yeah, uh, he Metellus might have earned a, his spot. He might have. Yeah, he's been a solid. He's been a solid. I guess maybe the other one is like that that um, depth corner, like a uh, Perry Nickerson, Nate Harrison, you know those guys. But I think one of those two guys is already. I think they have like ninety percent of the roster as a locks. And I, to For be sure. honest, I don't think much of. Most teams, especially with the new formatting and stuff, I don't think the preseason holds the same weight that people think it does. Yes, it matters because it gets tape out. And like I think it's more important for these guys across the league than it is with where they, they sit with the Vikings. Because if the Vi- if they were going to cut them, the Vikings were going to cut them. Like, I don't think this, this preseason game would completely change anything unless someone like went like Herculean on, on, on a game. Uh, but even then... We've seen guys like that happen, Kyle Soder, which, and the Vikings will still cut him. And I'm not, I'm not even trying to defend Kyle Soder, but like you could do really well in preseason games, but like we don't know what's going on in practices. We don't go go down to meeting rooms, right. like those types of things. Those all that stuff matters. So, um, yep. I just I would expect like 95 percent of the roster is already like locked, and obviously injuries can can change some of that. But like you know, so obviously you know, hope nothing major happens. But but yeah. Yeah, I, I think we're we're really looking at probably maybe that last receiver spot, maybe the last tight end spot, um, 
I think I think offensive line is probably locked in, right? And then defense. Yeah, but the line, question there is like, do you keep do you keep nine offensive linemen, right? Like, I that's why I, I like Ole Udo could be an odd man out because like right. you keep nine guys because Chris Reed. You have a lot of interior guys though. That's the crazy part. Like we have we're not used to that. They have a lot of interior offensive linemen right now. Jesse Davis can obviously flex a little bit, but like Chris Reed, Schlotman, um, and then obviously Ed Ingram um, into that mix as well. But the interior all lines got a little bit more depth than we've seen in a while for a while in a while. So, um, right. but yeah, yeah. And, and then the other positions that I was going to say is like you had mentioned, the, probably the last corner spot, and then the last linebacker spot, which is what I was talking about earlier. Are we going to just carry four? Yeah. Or do we because we need that extra one to carry an extra receiver, an extra running back, or are we going to carry like? So I think if Chasserat can ball out this week, or Blake Lynch can ball out this week, they might be able to get themselves that fifth spot or that fifth linebacker spot. Um, you know, a defensive line I, again, I think is pretty much covered. But like, does Twyman make it, or is it that kid from Minnesota make it? Right? Like, th- I, I think there's a couple just small things like that. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't, I don't think Twyman makes it. it I, I just. I, I've been watching some of his stuff, and it, and it's not that he doesn't have potential, and he's obviously built right. Like, uh, but it it just it just kind of looks sloppy out there. He hasn't returned to his pit form. No, since being nope. recovering from the gunshots. Yeah, so I, I could see him as a practice squad candidate for sure. But yeah, him and yeah, him and Tristan Jackson. I think Tristan Jackson's a good practice squad. Um, I feel like you drafted Jalen Ayler. I'm not saying you couldn't get him through waivers, but drafted players in their rookie years are usually a little harder to get through waivers than than guys that have been in the league for a couple of years. Um, but but we'll see. I mean, he's a six round pick, right? Was six yeah. I'm, again, yeah. it was six. I'm not again. I'm not saying that they couldn't get him through waivers. I'm just saying at times, you know, that's when scouts and other teams they have more more excitement about those guys because they were just drafted. So like those scouts that that really like that player in the late rounds, you know, we could be like, Oh, right. bring that guy in those types of things. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. The, the, the other thing, uh, when it comes to at least the, the roster cuts next week is we have no idea who other teams are going to cut and who we might potentially bring on board. Um, so that also plays a factor. Uh, any, any final thoughts as we, as we kind of round out this show? I mean, it's, we're heading into the last preseason game. Uh, we'll, we'll break it all down next week, but in, any final thoughts from you two? No, nothing really. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I think that there, there's some excitement to be had around Aquasi's first draft. Um, I will say that. I mean, you take a look at scene. He looks like he's covering the field at an incredible rate there. Booth looks like he's bringing energy to that defense, and obviously he's hurt right now, so we wish him a speedy recovery. Um, but, you know, you, you have him um, out there playing relatively well. Um, Ed Ingram, it looks like he might have secured that starting right guard spot, right, as a rookie, which is obviously great to see. Um, Brian Asamoa, again, core special teams guy, priority backup. Um, Caleb Evans, fan favorite, just super interactive with the fans. He was telling people to follow him on Instagram and DM him and he'll respond. I did that and I haven't gotten a response yet, but I did tell him to check out the show. show. I did. I I told him, I told him, I told him, I told him him to get on the show here. Um, I I will. Yeah. If he responds, I'll be coming up here in a couple of weeks. So yeah, he'll be, 
dead space before the the, the Packer game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, and then yeah, and then you have guys like Naylor and Nick Muse. Again, I don't think he's doing much, but like you have some of these other guys where it's like, okay, you know, let's see what you got. The, the kid, I, I don't know how to say his name. The kid from Oklahoma, I always forget his name. Um, or Oklahoma, uh, Minnesota. The kid from Minnesota. Um, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, let's see what these guys have. You know, it, it looks like it's been a relatively solid draft where your first four round picks are awesome, uh, or they're playing relatively well, or above above what your expectation was. So, the best, the best draft class we've ever had. Well, probably not better than fifteen, but you know, th- it's looking pretty good. You don't think it could be better than fifteen? I'm just saying, and probably, uh, dude, that, that produced so many good, so much good talent. Come on, <laughs> you got you got Hunter, oh, Kendricks, you got oh, Diggs. Like, come on now, that 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 means a lot coming from me because Diggs came out of that class. So, but like uh, the crazy, the crazy part about that, Matt, is like you would need at least one of these guys to be as good at their peak as a Diggs, Hunter, or Kendricks, and those three guys at their peak are like all pro level players. So if, can we get one all pro out of this, out of this draft that, class? Like maybe you get four. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just reading the comments here, but, but I think we can call it. I, I was going to, I'll address it. I'll address it. If the Vikings win the coin flip versus green Bay, do we showcase our offense first or defense? No. I saw miles chuckle Defer. when that came in. Just defer. Uh, Come on. Are you defer two miles? Yeah, I'm always team defer. I, I like yeah. to get the ball in the second it's, half because it's a competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially at home. Um, all right, that's all I have. We don't we don't need to to keep talking about this stuff at least for this week. So uh, for everybody in the chat, thank you very much. And I forgot to mention uh, when the show started, but as always, this show is sponsored by. Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul, Minnesota. Make sure you head over there. They have a beautiful patio that you can check out um, as the fall weather comes around the corner. Um, and they also have a new beer. They do have a new beer, Purple Gold, Rain. Well, Purple Rain, no, but they just added this week in goblets, Golden Oat Belgian Ale. Oh, that's awesome. Sounds Sound fantastic. Friday. Hey, what are yeah, you guys getting doing? That one. Sure. Let's get together. What are we doing? We got to get together for those. I need we'll to talk. try both of those new beers. So we'll talk to that offline. Yeah, we're good. Um, if you're still listening to the show and you're still watching here tonight, remember our goal is 4,000 subscribers by the end of the football season. We're almost to two. So uh, if you can help us get past that mark, if we can get to 2,000 by the start of the season, that's incredible. So tell your friends, tell your family, make fake accounts. We don't care how we get there. <laughs> as long as we get there. Um, Joseph, Joseph, that's not that's not happening. Joseph, just just a quick heads up, that ain't happening. I won't be a part of that. I won't be a part of that shit. Just know that. I won't be be on that show either. I don't don't need to be swearing on, uh, like, angrily swearing on uh, YouTube. So, and uh, I was about to say thank you to Miles and Ryan for joining. It was fun to have a full crew this week. I'm so excited for the actual regular season, Dave. Thank you for producing. Next week, I there might be a guest. Stay tuned on a guest. Um, a Caleb Evans? <laughs> well, maybe him. Uh, maybe a local media person, I think, is, is well-perceived by a lot of fans, um, at least on Vikings Twitter, 
Um, I'll, I'll give a potential spoiler if he accepts. Uh, he was off Twitter for for quite a while, um, and then he just recently came back. So, um, but that's all I have. We'll, we'll break down roster cuts next week, the preseason game, and then we will uh, we'll dive into to regular season coverage. So, Dave, why don't you take a wrap on the show and let the fans know what's coming next. What is next is two old bloggers on Saturday at our normal time, 4 o'clock Central, which is the perfect time for your pregame show before the game Saturday night against the Broncos. And then, of course, in the final two minutes of that game, the final score will go live, and uh, we'll have fun. Maybe they pull this one out. Maybe Denver doesn't have any interest. But it'll be fun to watch and to see who steps up. And to see if one of those bottom guys in the wide receiver room, because that seems to be who, they, be who they're pulling from, uh, wins that punt return job because nobody's stepped up so far and special teams coach is still wondering why somebody has it. We need that. It's a good way to make a roster. What do we say? Skull Vikings. <laughs> Skull Vikings. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>